from the former convent of the Good Shepherd overlooking Inwood Hill Park in New York City. Welcome to Inwood Artworks On Air. It's where you meet musicians, filmmakers, writers, theater makers, and artists of all stripes that make their home here in what we affectionately call Upstate Manhattan. I'm your host, Aaron Sims, and today we welcome harpist Bridget Kibbe. Called the Yo-Yo Ma of the Harp by Vogue senior editor Corey Seymour, Bridget is in demand for her innovative, virtuosic performances that expand the expressive range of the harp. Kibbe has received a prestigious Avery Fisher Career Grant and a Salon de Virtuosi Sony Recording Grant. She's the winner of the Premier Prix at the Journée de les Harps Competition in Arles, France, the Concert Artist Guild Competition, and the Juilliard School's Peter Menon Prize for Artistic Excellence and Leadership. She's a graduate of the Chamber Music Society Lincoln Center's Bowers Program and is annually featured with the company. She made her NPR Tiny Desk debut in 2020, and her debut album, Love Is Come Again, was listed as a top 10 debut by Time Out New York. Bridget has been featured as a soloist on Front Row Washington, A&E Breakfast with the Arts, WQXR, WRTI, among others. In addition, she is also curating a new classical music concert series at Our Series Atonement in Washington Heights. We're going to talk to her about her music and so much more. But first, let me welcome you to Bridget to Inwood Artworks On Air. It's great to have you here finally. Thank you so much for having me, Aaron. I love your voice. It's so calming. It's so engaging. And now I can see the man behind the voice. This is very exciting to be with you today. <laughs> well, thank you for the compliment. I appreciate having you here. Don't fall asleep, please, whatever you do. Um, <laughs> we'll try to keep you engaged. Um, so... I mean, that we'll just kind of, I like to kind of do a little bit of journey talk a little bit. So how do you find your way behind the harp? Because that's not an instrument you just pick up at a friend's house or uh, walk into a music store and fiddle with. That's totally true. I have to say that if you grew up in Findlay, Ohio, you actually do see one at your friend's house. And in this case, I saw one at my little country church growing up in Cornfields, uh, Northwest Ohio. Uh, I was about nine years old and my family was really wonderful. My parents at encouraging us kids to take piano lessons. And it just so happened that one of the mothers of uh, one of my friends, friends that played piano was a harpist. And so she was playing that Sunday when I was, I believe, nine years old, saw the instrument, my jaw hit the floor. My dad looked over and noticed and he said, you know what, I feel like it could be a good transition for you to go from piano to harp if you're interested. So um, he was smart about it and then um, got me lessons with this wonderful woman named Jan Bishop, um, who was really quite a, an amazing pedagogue that lived in the area. And by the time I graduated from high school in a town of 20,000, there were 20 harpists in town. And it's all because of that. You see someone playing the harp, you're jaw hits the floor you're like I want to do that now I always joke because my dad as soon as he suggested that I try it might have regretted it because he had to move it and buy one so um, we, we rented a harp for about I think three years until we knew I was serious and then we bought an instrument and I was really hooked and just loved practicing the harp that's that's a great dad right yeah. there Exactly. <laughs> and also going, oh, well, maybe we'll put it off a little bit longer exactly. until you're really serious, right? How much does that cost again? I know. It's like a car. You know, no, you want to really get that is. lease or do you want to you want to put down that payment? And then when you get go. really serious, you have your home harp and your travel harp. You get it. And then you buy the car to move the harp. I mean, this is this has been my story the past year. It's like it's like a mortgage, but we love it. We love it. So um, it's totally worth it. Awesome. Well, mm-hmm. that's a great story. And yay for North Northwestern Northwestern Ohio too. Yes, yeah, Aaron, you know, absolutely. the homeland. You understand I'm a Southwestern Ohio about. guy, so got to love love my heart here. Um, um, so, speaking of, and this kind of links in, um, to you know 
maybe maybe it's the Ohio way. Because uh, in your bio, you mentioned an innovative approach. And so what is it about your playing style that you feel um, that you've taken from um, your mentorship and learning that you've made into your own? Sure. Um, the harp really has an incredible history, but it's late in music history. So when you think of the harp, you might imagine one in the back of the orchestra doing those beautiful glissandi or perhaps playing um, the Nutcracker, that wonderful cadenza. But the harp, its its real role as a soloist came into its own during the French Belle Epoque at the turn of the century in the hands of Debussy and Ravel. Now, since that time, composers have really written for the instrument to innovate and create a lot of really wonderful repertoire for the harp. But something that I've done... Um, that I think has personally interest me is create a lot of transcriptions. That means maybe I love um, some of the incredible guitar writing of Albanese and Granado, uh, Granados, and I've transcribed that on the harp or works of J.S. Bach and the Baroque period from you know uh, the 1600s, or maybe it's working with today's incredibly talented, newly immigrated musicians who make their home in New York City. For example, um, I love making music with Samuel Torres, who's an incredible a Colombian percussionist and composer um, from Bogota who's taught me a lot about cumbia, um, joropo. Um, I've worked with Brazilian guitarists playing Chirinho and most recently collaborating with Persian singers and kind of creating a flamenco-esque approach to the harp playing that acts like a continuo for their amazing vocalizations. And it's really that, um, that innovation of treating the harp as my muse for exploring people groups, time, place, cultural narratives that has really kept me hooked on this instrument. It, it has such a beautiful resonance. I could go on for days because it, it really is a massive set of open strings. It's 47 strings to attach to basically um, a hollow box, just like you'd see in a guitar, but the strings stand up on end. And you can do limitless uh, amounts of exploration when you treat the instrument as literally just a set of strings open strings and this incredible resonating box. I, I love the way, thank you so much for that um, description of kind of like your own style and all that because, uh, and what and what excites you. I love seeing artists talk about, you know, to me the best work is very personal mm -hmm. uh, and how, and transcribing, orchestrating, arranging, mm -hmm. uh, it's, you're, not, you're not caught into the classical repertoire, mm -hmm. if you will, mm -hmm. uh, and you're and you're you're seeing the world around you, interpreting the world and mm -hmm. the sounds you're hearing and what people are doing now. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think it's I think it's fantastic. And um, did you uh, take any of that um, and put that towards your Love Is Come Again album in 2020? Yes. Well, I'll have to. I have to say, like you mentioned, I think you know this exploration of kind of folk music mm -hmm. or. Uh, origin stories, it really informs the classical canon. So I think a lot of the elements that we find in classical music have their roots in what we would call music of the people or folk music. So I've kind of found my sweet spot. Um, I do play, you know, the masterworks for the harp, which would be the French canon, um, Benjamin Britten, Hindemith, uh, some of these like 20th century masterworks. But at the same time, I really enjoy working with performers and composers who take their native folk music and use it as a point of departure to write for the harp. So in my debut album, Love Has Come Again, I worked with a wonderful composer named Kati Agoc. She's Hungarian, but was born in Canada. But she was she used that piece to kind of look back at um, her native Hungarian folk music, but also 
Um, I love bluegrass growing up in Ohio. I heard a lot of that growing up. And so she created these. And I'm also Welsh in my background. So she took, um, if you go back 10 generations, let's be honest, Kibby is a Welsh name. She took Irish Welsh uh, melodies and kind of wove them together in a really innovative way. And I came up with really fun kind of bluegrass configurations on the harp. And from that, we came up with a piece called... um, well, the middle boom is Love Has Come Again, but Every Lover is a Warrior, which is kind of the title track for that album that really kind of accomplishes this, I guess you call the sweet spot of my personal inspiration, which is this really high art. I, I love the classical canon. I love the richness of these composers that have come before and understand harmony and structure and architecture of really great writing. And then also adding in elements of rhythm or um folk music that mirrors languages in a really powerful way. And to me, that's kind of merges this feeling of heart on your sleeve meets, wow, this is this is um, the highest art form ever. And that, that marriage, I think, is really special. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for what a, you're such a command. You, like you command, like I, I, <laughs> I say you command what you love about your work, which I think mm-hmm. is really great. And you yes, own it. So thanks too. for sharing that. And, and, uh, and you can, by the way, where can people check out your album, by the way, too? Yes, I'm on Spotify, Apple Music, um, CD Baby. If you want to get a physical copy, you can do that. Um, <laughs> or contact me and I'll, I'll mail you one. Um, but yes, on all the platforms, you should, you should find it. And, um, and then I have, a new one that'll be coming out um, in about a year's time that I'm mastering now. So stay tuned for that. And that'll right. be um, also, yes, I'll, I'll announce that at a future date. But just if, if, if folks want to follow me on Instagram, um, I tend to put all my announcements there for, for releases. Excellent. Um, and your Instagram is what? Oh, it's just my name. So Bridget Kibbe. Yes. Great. So we'll have that out there, folks, <laughs> uh, so people can find, follow you. Um, in addition to playing, you're also an experienced presenter and curator uh, of touring festival programming, and you've mm. been all over um, the past 20 years touring uh, internationally and nationally, mm. uh, and now you're taking up curating the quote-unquote MOSA concert <laughs> series here in Washington Heights at Our Series Atonement. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So it's it's wonderful how this all came to be. Um I love curating performances. I love matchmaking musicians together. I love meeting audiences where they are and getting to know an audience, which is really hard when you show up to a city, you're there for a day, and then you move on. So um, it just so happens that Carnegie Hall Citywide has a partnership with um, a series that I guess has been going on for 20 years and counting called Music at Our Savior's Atonement. And that, um, we we call it MOSA, MOSA Concerts. Um, And so Carnegie... Citywide asked me to do a concert a year and a half ago um, in partnership with MOSA. And I looked at the address on my contract. I'm like, well, where is this? And realized it was four blocks from where I live. And I'm like, (laughs) how come I don't know about this? And so I I played the series and I decided um, instead of instead of just doing a regular concert, let's make it like a neighborhood celebration because this is my neighborhood. It's fun to play down the street from where I live. So I decided to do a surprise announcement to the audience to do a big after party at our new local food hall called North End, which I love. They've got a great taqueria, an awesome bar, fabulous margaritas, might I add. And so um, I had tacos and guacamole and all the things waiting for the audience. And I'm, I'm thankful that most of them headed over after the concert. And I just so happened to be playing. Um, also invited some uptown musicians to join me on that. So it really became kind of this uptown celebration. And then um, 
The wonderful Brent Ness, who's been managing the concerts for for years, approached me after and said, we're actually looking for a new artistic director that would want to take on this series. And I thought about it, and I, I decided this would be such a fun way to try out a new skill for me, um, which is kind of being in the presenter side, but also... I'm like, let's do this right. Let's let's elevate this concert series to present the best world-class musicians, um, all who live north of Harlem. We'll present musicians that live north of Harlem that represent um, the incredible musical and ethnic diversity that we see around us in the neighborhood, which means we're presenting classical, global, world music, you can call it, um, Latin jazz, jazz, you name it, um, through six concerts a year. And we're going to give these musicians world-class fees. We're going to give them great artist fees and they can play in their own neighborhood, but we're not, not going to stop there. We're going to celebrate them and get the neighbors to connect with one another through these performances by having an hour concert at OSA, which is a wonderful acoustic space. But then we're all going to head over to North End <laughs> because it's an awesome warehousey space. And we're going to, we're going to hang out afterwards and have tacos. And so we sponsor these really fun after parties that allow audiences to connect to their local talent and also make a new friend and so we're three concerts in it's been a total blast we've been at capacity we've presented um miguel zanon who is a latin grammy multi multi latin grammy um nominated mark arthur genius who is reinventing puerto rican jazz and the puerto rican songbook on his saxophone who lives down the street from osa and um he delighted audiences we um also presented, I actually performed with one of my favorite local string quartets, the Caledori String Quartet, um, and French Masterworks, and that was fantastic. And then we're heading into three more concerts to finish our season with the next one coming up February 5th. Gotcha. What about that? My next question is like, what's the forthcoming season look like for you? Thanks for letting us talk about this here, Aaron. We're so stoked to let the neighborhood know about our next concert happening February 5th at 5 p.m. Our concerts are Sundays at 5 at OSA. You might know it as the Cornerstone Center. Um, February 5th, we're going to be featuring uh, two of my favorite musicians in a program called Bards and Griots. Bards and Griots. So basically, um, Yakuba Sosoko is a master Kora player, ordained. His family was ordained by the King of Mali generations ago. And this tradition of playing the Kora, which to me is like the African harp. You might've seen this before. It's a massive gourd with strings coming up the gourd and the Kora player plays with his thumbs, which is phenomenal. Um, they're incredible virtuosi. Yakuba is, is a wonderful proponent of this instrument. And he also is a beautiful singer singing songs of his native land of, of Mali, but also what it's been like to make a new home in New York city. Uh, specifically he lives uh, just North of Harlem and uh, has a rich life traveling as a, as a modern jelly, as a modern Cora master singing songs about home belonging um, and charming us with his hands. Um, I'll also be joined by John Hadfield, who is an incredible frame drummer who's traveled uh, all over the world, specifically um, the Middle East, the Maghreb of Africa, um, throughout Spain and India, and is, is amazing at using his fingers to create incredible colors. And so it's Yukubas and John's first time working together, and I can't wait to see what they come up with. I will also have my modern concert harp there to kind of do this polarity of harp traditions across worlds, across the Atlantic, across continents, and across 14 generations. Very cool. Wow, let's look forward to. Yeah. Very cool. Um, well, I love, uh, it's funny, it's like, I 
just so again, my heart is my heart is full because that's the mission of Inward Artworks. What we do is like we champion local artists and by therefore cultivating local arts going audience. You know, mm. we that's what we do across our genres. Whether it's the film festival, filmwork self fresco, our art gallery exhibitions, our concerts that we put on up here. Um, it's it's I'm just so delighted to hear that more people um, like yourself are taking on that kind of idea and saying because I I. I was having lunch with a friend of mine who I went to graduate school with, and was, I, she's like, "Aaron, she's like, you're right. She's like, it's all about being local." And I'm just like, "You said it back then, and you're doing it, and you're and 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 she's like, I want to do it too. I'm going to quit my job, blah blah blah." And she lives out in uh, Kew Gardens, Queens, and wants to make her own little, uh, you know, fiefdom out there, our little <laughs> cultural arts, because she has a family and she wants to grow and she sees opportunities for her children that aren't there. Uh, nice. And it's like, do it. I said it's mm. a lot of work, but you. I said. You know, labors or pleasures when you not know what's going on. So uh, you just keep keep moving forward. So I think it's awesome what you're doing, and um, and this podcast is very much indicative of it too. It's like these are every person we've had on, which is like I said, over 120 people now, and this wow. is our fourth season. Amazing. Have all lived in the neighborhood. So great. And so uh, I, there there's an audience here. There is uh, an. Um, uh, I always kind of say like, we're in an artistic desert with an embarrassment of artists. <laughs> you know, it's it's like there's there's not a lot of venues, but our series Atonement is a great place. Um, it's a great place for strings. I'll say for sure, the res- wonderful hall for strings and winds. It's it's, yeah. it's phenomenal. Yeah. It's Wind, unbelievable. It's really it's yeah. really resonant for those kind mm-hmm. of instruments. Um, so I I tell her I'm endorsing you all to go and check out this new series and uh, and and see what's what. Uh, coming up this year at the Mosa Concert Series. Um, so, uh, well, in lieu of having you drag your harp in, because um, we're not going to make you do that, uh, we'd like to leave our listeners a taste of your talent. Uh, and so uh, you have a clip for us to bring in. Uh, so we'd like to introduce the piece. Sure. This is um, the iconic Toccata and Fugue in D minor of J.S. Bach that I transcribed for the harp. I really enjoy sharing this with audiences because it's unexpected. Um, it's basically taking a piece that's written for the mighty organ and disseminating it to an instrument with 47 strings and a single box of wood. Um, it was actually something I transcribed as a result of a bet. An artistic director in L.A. said, I bet you can't transcribe this piece for the harp. And as soon as someone says that to us, of course, we muscle up and we want to try it. And so this is my attempt. And um, it really is, I think, a fun way to encounter the expressive potential and power of an instrument that has a lot of preconceptions for being demure in the back of the orchestra. Whereas I say, let's get this baby front and center, front of the stage. And I just have to say, it's been so fun to play my harp in OSA because this acoustic intimate space is perfect for live acoustic music where you can come hear a show and watch the musculature of the musicians three feet away from you. You feel the resonance of these instruments surround you like a hug. And I think that's what makes, like you said, this hyper-local experience so powerful. And I just want to tell you, Aaron, I mean, where have I been my whole life? Because I'm just now digging into the local life. It is such an embarrassment of riches of talent, but also opportunity um, to celebrate and go hear art without jumping on the subway, but walking somewhere. And I find that to be so powerful and and timely. We need that. We need that connectivity, um, hyper-local with our neighbors, with our friends. We need this local connection. And I think um, I just applaud you what you're doing to bring people together because the arts, that's what we're about. I think it's just exciting to be in the fabric in this small capacity. So love to meet you. Come say hi um, at our next Mosa concert. Well, 
I couldn't agree more because you know what? Why go downtown when we have it all here, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, without further ado, uh, here's Bridget.
Well, Bridget, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, before we say goodbye, where can people go and find more about the Mosa Concert Series? Absolutely. Thank you, Aaron, for letting us pitch the series. And we would love for you to go check us out. You've got two options. You can go to mosaconcerts.org. That's M-O-S-A concerts.org. We have our event listing. You can get tickets or you can check out what we're up to, um, read more about us, or you can go to our Instagram handle, which is M-O-S-A underscore concerts. Um, you can also give me a follow Bridget Kibbe on Instagram or follow me at Harpus Bridget Kibbe on YouTube, where I'll also be posting about up- upcoming concerts from Mosa. Now, listeners, you have your marching orders, and you can find the descriptions uh, on the, in this episode of In What Artworks On Air. Well, Thank you again, Bridget, for being here today. Thank you for having me, Aaron. Nice to see you and meet you. Pleasure. Uh, So this is In What Artworks On Air. It's where we meet the musicians, filmmakers, writers, theater makers, and artists of all stripes that make their home here in Upper Manhattan. If you have a moment, please show some love right now by rating and reviewing this podcast on Apple Podcasts. That really does help. Many thanks to Church of the Good Shepherd here in Inwood for hosting us and to HeightSites.com for uptown promotional support. You can support On Air and all of our programming by making a tax-free donation at inwoodartworks.nyc backslash donate or via Venmo at Inwood Artworks. Be sure to follow us on social media at Inwood Artworks on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook to keep up all that we do, which includes the Inwood Film Festival, Filmworks Al Fresco, public art galleries, live performances, and so much more. And What Artworks On Air is proud to be supported in part by public funds from the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with the City Council. And What Artworks programming is made possible by the New York State Council of the Arts with support of the Office of the Governor and the New York State Legislature. From the top of Manhattan and the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much for tuning in. This is Aaron Sims for Inwood Artworks On Air.